Welcome back to Two Dudes Watch Cartoons, the podcast where two dudes, that's us, watch cartoons. My name's Evan. And my name is Alex. And today we have a very fun podcast coming for you. Maybe fun's not the right word. Brutal <laughs> podcast coming to you. And we are joined by great friend of the podcast, uh, our podcast brother in arms, if you will, Stark Wars' own Michael O'Rear. Michael, how are you doing today? Guys, I am so excited to be here. I, I basically I've bullied you guys for months into watching this. Relentless. Like I, I had a Instagram chat where uh, it was the title was Watch Primal, and every I would like send you guys posts every time they won like an Emmy or like any cool art that came out. Like mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you guys indulging me on this. This is this is my favorite animated project of all time, and I'm so excited to talk about it. I am too. I'm sorry it took this long. That's a trend. I'm apologizing to all of our guests recently. Sorry this <laughs> took so long. This was a great watch, though. I watched this in a very short amount of time. I knew only a very little bit about it going in, and I'm so glad I actually – that's how I did it. So um, before we get like super into the weeds with all of this, what I would like to do for the audience – I bet we have a a few listeners out there that have never heard, seen, or anything about Primal before. So if we can, I'd like for all of us to go around and try to give as spoiler-free, like a pitch to to pause the podcast and go watch it before you pick back up with us. So, uh, Evan, why don't you start us off? Why don't you give the, the pitch to the fans who have not seen this why they should go right now and watch it? Primal is an Adult Swim animated series headed up by Gendy Tartakovsky, who most of us will know as being the mind behind Samurai Jack. Oh, so that he, makes so much sense. I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> so this is uh, this is his brainchild. This is his um, uh, maybe maybe magnum opus. I don't want to limit him, but it is a ten episode dialogue free animated series about a caveman that befriends a dinosaur and they have to survive the prehistoric world and it's mega violent and it's mega awesome and it's so fun to watch oh okay that's good that's good O'Rear, O'Rear, what did he miss fill people in why do they need to go watch this why is this so important why is this so goddamn cool uh, so it is. There's like there's like a lot of like really cool like action sequences here. There's there's a lot of gore, right? It's very exciting in that way. But I think what goes underreported is like it truly is an emotional journey that you're on with these two oh, characters. Yes. And it is it, it's between a Neanderthal and a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And first and foremost, that that premise alone is a little absurd because listen, guys, I actually I did a lot of research coming into this because I wanted to understand what was actually possible and what was not. The um, timeline's a little jumbled. Yeah. So so what what I have learned is it is not possible for a <laughs> Neanderthal and a T-Rex at first. So so the premise alone is absurd, but it gets more absurd from there. 
Like oh, if you but think in the that, best ways in the oh. best way, it is mm-hmm. so crazy. It's so wacky. You won't even, you're not even prepared for what this show is, what journey the show is going to take you on. And uh, listen, I highly recommend if you haven't watched it, just go ahead and turn the podcast off. Come back. Obviously come back. We want you to come yeah. back and listen to yeah. this afterwards. Yeah. But if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this, just go watch it. It's so worth it. It is so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys hit the nail on the head. There's a ton of great, action scenes there's a ton of great um emotional nuances i'll say where like this is just like there's an argument to be made that this is not an action story it is actually just you know like a slice of life for a caveman back then you know Mm -hmm. and so i appreciated this so much more like in phases when I knew nothing about it. I was like, okay, we'll get to it eventually because O'Rear really wants to cover it. We love talking with O'Rear. And then someone was like, oh, yeah, that's the show with no dialogue. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, there's I was like, there's no talking. They're like, yeah, it's a caveman. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> and then going in, I started watching and I was like, oh, I love this. And in the beginning, it's it's violent. It's gore. It's cool action sequences with some dramatic storytelling. But then by the end of it, it's just like it's it's a whole nother level i didn't know you could emotionally invest in such a story with zero dialogue that's not to say that you know he makes noises and i just and i guess we'll have to get into this he doesn't have a name i just call him man i really like man but i I don't know what to call him so man and dinosaur is what i really call them if i'm being 100 percent honest with you two before you say anything arir because uh, I had this thought during the uh, like the first episode or two as well, but um, you know they they do propose a name uh, with some of the episode titles. I, I won't spoil it for you, Bizarre, so don't look at the episode titles yet. But what would you? You said man and, and dinosaur. Is that what that's you're what I call with? them? That's what you that's, call them. I okay. that's I call them man and dinosaur. Every every time yeah. I've needed to refer to them, that's how I I refer to them. I love Fair them enough. both dearly. Uh, Orir, if you had to pitch names for these two characters, the man and dinosaur, what would you <laughs> what name? What would you name them? Honestly, um, man, maybe maybe I would go with like Adam to reference like Adam and mm. Eve and then Rex. Like I, I always imagined the dinosaur to be called Rex. Uh, Rex is pretty mm. good. I'm a little upset. I didn't think of it, <laughs> but that's okay. Evan, I just came up so with Adam you, though. I don't have a good name. I don't have a great are, name. For are it. you saying, you know, their names, Evan? Episode one is titled Spear and Fang. So I assume that's. <laughs> well, yeah. So in the, in we're the referring what? to the character. No, hold on. It's about. His okay, man has a spear throughout the whole series, and it, it's about like a dinosaur fang. I didn't assume that. Well, I guess it could be their name. Oh if my you god, read the episode synopsis wow. that's how they refer to them. Stop, you're telling me Wikipedia refers to them as spear and fang, as spear and fang. Yeah, yeah I believe, well, I believe when the show was originally pitched, uh. Uh, Genji Tartakovsky had always referred to them as spear and fang, and that's kind of wow. where this came from, but. I also just I want to say like because obviously those characters would never have names because they can't speak. But I, like just to mm-hmm. like preface the spoiler free discussion here, I, I wanted to tell people like I don't think that the no dialogue should be like a turnoff for people because this is the type of show mm-hmm. where like I 
I don't even consider that. Like when I told you guys that I wanted to watch this, that wasn't something I thought to tell you. Like it's just so Mm -hmm. natural. And like you see how they're able to communicate. You get used to how they communicate and it's like it becomes your language as well. So Mm -hmm. that's so true. No, you didn't mention that there was no speech to us. And I can see why, because it feels natural. They communicate. There is a nonverbal dialogue, if you will, which mm-hmm. is wildly impressive for a cartoon. And you know what's going to be even more impressive is we are going to podcast about it, which is like with comp- no dialogue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it's a completely dialogue medium. So, yeah, the next 40 minutes of the podcast are going to be silence from us. Guttural, and we're going to grunt. And, yeah. <laughs> That's, <laughs> that's a pretty good impression of man. I'm going to call him man. <laughs> that's that's fine. Um, I'm just quick, kidding. Quick point of clarification, uh, just so I don't make a fool of myself. Michael, is is uh, Tartakovsky's first name pronounced Gendy or Gendy? Is this like a gif gif situation? I think it's a gif gif situation. I don't oh, truly no. know. I say I say okay. Gendy. I, I, I don't know for certain. <laughs> I'll honestly. be honest. I've never said his name out loud in my life, that's, so that's I've never. Right. I haven't picked a side. I, yet. I actually just stick with Tartakovsky usually. I, I don't yeah. even say that. <laughs> Keep Fair it enough. easy. Yeah. yeah. All right. If you All know right. the answer, tweet it at us. Let us yes. know. Yes. Yeah, um, but he also worked on Dexter's Lab. Oh, um, I love Dexter's two Lab. Two Cartoon Network classics. Yeah. So the man uh, is is. It's cool to see what I assume would be like him work towards like a. Uh, a pure distillation of his own creativity where I feel like Dexter's lab and, and Samurai Jack would have maybe a little more studio involvement from Cartoon Network itself because it's on daytime cable or whatever on the main channel. Um, but yeah. What what I really like, what I really like about him is um, I believe he also did Powerpuff Girls. Um, correct me if oh, I'm wow. Wrong. He's a legend. Yeah. So what I, what I, what I do appreciate is this man has grown up with me. Right. These are the shows that I watched as a kid. And now he's creating shows for me as an adult, which I think that's like the coolest type of creator. And I think he understands. Mm -hmm. I think he understands that his art style, his appeal is is the same people that were watching him as a child. And they're now looking for a different taste in things. So I think he gets that. And I think uh, Adult Swim slash Cartoon Network gets that as well, which is just perfect. I agree. I really to me, this feels like. something that i would consider like a passion project like Mm -hmm. this isn't like you guys are saying like the studio had their hand in these other things he was like no i'm doing this this is like when deadpool got its rated r everyone's like yeah you know what i mean this he was like all right it doesn't need to be on cartoon network take it to adult swim because (laughs) there are some really graphic scenes for an animated show Like I was I found myself several times being like, oh, or like, ah, like when things were getting hit and broken and chomped and eaten and blood and it squirts everywhere and there's broken (laughs) bones that stick out. It is brutal. And that was why I I had to correct myself when I was like, hey, fun podcast coming, guys, because I was (laughs) like, we're going to be talking about gore, death, disease, uh, tragedy, loss, carnivores hunter hunted it's great i really liked this look at because i think there is a different version of this where cartoon network has their hand in it 
and it's like really goofy if that makes sense they're like oh what Mm -hmm. if it's like a tom and jerry where they don't talk but they run around and the dinosaur is trying to eat him and i'm so glad that's not what this is because Mm -hmm. it's just this is so epic this is this is like storytelling i love it oh okay There gratuitous <laughs> gore and violence might be the best way to describe it. There were points where I was like, I, I love, you know, action, you know, animated stuff. But there were points where some of the gore, I was like, do, do I enjoy this? <laughs> like, I was like, I need to, I don't know, look, scroll through Twitter or something like the, the violence is brutal. Uh, it, it, it serves a story purpose. It really engrosses you in the world, though. Um, even though I said gratuitous, it's all a part of the atmosphere of this world that he's building in, in primal, which is so enthralling. Maybe, maybe I, I need the restraints here because, um, I love this stuff. This is the kind of thing, like we talked invincible, uh, Mm. it feels like a year ago at this point, but very Mm. similar to that. I I love gore especially like anime uh, or animated fashion like because it's not something you necessarily expect and i think invincible did the good thing of it it plays out as like a traditional pg superhero show and then it has that final moment that it gets very gruesome and this is like the same thing for me um i love that i love when it's able to shock you and scare you and the truth is like the the thing that i always say about this show if anybody asks me like what the plot is my what i tell them is it's food the entire show is all about food, and Hot I think that's. Take, but I love it. It's all about food, and I I think it's so it's it breaks down like the very very intricate food chain because it starts out you see you see Spear he's fishing right he kills a fish mm-hmm. he takes it home he's gonna eat it like it's not a big deal to him and then guess what something horrible happens to his family in the food chain. And it's like, for him, it's like, that's the worst thing that's ever happened. But Hey, guess what? You were just doing that to the fish. You see that, that, that trend constantly repeating in the show. Mm-hmm. It's so brutal. Mm-hmm. It is so brutal, but it's just a fact. That's how things were. And it's scary. And it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a primal need. These things go animalistic for mm-hmm. food. They need it to survive. And you're so right. That is what the show is about. It is eat or be eaten. And, oh, it's just what I really liked about this. And I guess we're getting into spoilers here is I really thought my man that maybe that's what I'll call him, my man spear. I thought he was going to die several times. And I thought there was a possibility we just follow dinosaur <laughs> around the rest of the story because I felt like nothing was guaranteed in this world. And I, I, I really appreciated that. It really felt hold no bars. So with that, I, why don't we start getting into this episode by episode? Because I think while you could probably watch these episodes independently, it, it would be a disservice not to just do it in order. But I mm-hmm. did like that. They were each kind of their own, um, self uh contained episode if that makes sense like you really could just throw on one episode and start to finish know and follow what's going on and i appreciated that so it starts with spear fishing uh (laughs) gathering food for his family (laughs) i see what you did there uh and the first episode is just full of tragedy Mm. and once they lay the the tragic backstory of Spear and he crosses paths with Fang for the first time, I thought I had an idea of where it was going to go. And 
it pulled the rug out from under me and it caught me off guard. So over here, can you set up the, the beginning of the plot for us a little bit? What's going on? How do these two cross paths? Well, f- first and foremost, obviously, we like I mentioned, we, we open on Spear and then Spear, he's returning to his family with his food. And that's when we see his family unapologetically and brutally eaten right in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're left with. And that's his life. The dinosaurs are gone. And that that's how things were. It's just like, oh, OK, my family's gone. I love them. But this is it now. And um, he stumbles across um, uh, an, an, a T-Rex family. Um, and this it's is two little T-Rexes that he was like, I'm hungry. I might be eating these bad boys. <laughs> well, and uh, this is also something like, I constantly questioned. Like, did he think that those dinosaurs were the same ones that ate his family? Because he immediately, he's aggressive towards them immediately. Um, and then maybe it's just trauma of like big, bad dinosaur I need to kill. Or maybe that's just his instinct. I don't know. I think that's his instinct slash he's hungry and it's just like kill anything you can to eat the meat. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the natural aggression, but yeah, it takes a little bit of a turn and he ends up like playing with the two baby dinosaurs, like their dogs. And mm-hmm. I, and th- that's what I think what Evan's hinting at is like, there was a version of this show where it it's much less tragic and gory. And he just runs around with those two baby dinosaurs, like having misadventures and everything's okay. And it's fun, but it's a classic bait and switch. I really thought those were going to be his little sidekick animal helpers. You could see the trope. It's like, Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. he's going to, these two little dinosaurs are going to love him and never leave his side. And we're going to follow the three of them around. And then nope, Nope. (laughs) they get scooped up by a bigger dinosaur and are just brutally eaten in front of us, the whole audience and, and, Spear. And the mama dino and Fang. the and Fang, who is their mother, and it is so gory, jaw gaping moment. I literally was like, <gasps> to me, it was like the Ned Stark beheading. I literally was like, oh, yeah. I didn't see that coming. It really <laughs> caught me off guard, and it was a great way to start the show. I was fully expecting Mama Dino to die, and then he would raise mm-hmm. one of the two. Because I knew there was only one dinosaur on the cover, he would end up raising one of them. But no, they 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 eat both of the baby dinos, and in that way, Spear and Fang, their tragedies mirror each other, and it it bonds them a little closer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But woof! What a way to start the series! Holy shit! Yeah, I, I love this because these two characters at this point, again, like I said from the get, like. This is absurd. And actually, I'm going to throw a fact out to you guys, because like I told you, I've been research. I've been trying to research like actual history and dinosaurs and Neanderthals. And for this comparison, I'm going to compare Neanderthals and humans or Homo sapiens as the same thing, because mm-hmm. generally speaking, they are. They're kind of mm-hmm. different. Neanderthals had like bigger rib cages. They had wider noses. And that was like creationists help- are coming for you over here. Just kidding. Go on. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we take on the controversy here. <laughs> well, and this is what I've learned. Neanderthals, um, they were generally in colder climates. So their chests were bigger so they could take in deeper breaths to warm their bodies. And their nose were bigger for the same reason. Um, oh. But it, what I was getting at is, is Neanderthals and humans, I'm treating them as the same. And, and all the other species of humans, because for the most part, they are. Um, Neanderthals, we found that they had experienced with art and music and like wow. they were able to think just like we were. 
for the most part. We don't know they had the same speech capabilities. But with that being said, the first recorded history from a humanoid-type creature was 6,500 years ago. And the first proof of human existence was much further beyond that, or before that. So what that says is the first sign of an actual written history 6,500 years ago, that covers 2% of all of human existence. Mm. So everything that we know about humans is covered in 2% of their existence. Love which this. Is, which, and th- I say this because a lot of this stuff seems like a stretch, and, and we get on to like some crazier stuff. We're going to get to the COVID episode. We're going to get to like some really <laughs> weird stuff. But my point is, there's nothing that you can say that this did not happen. You can't tell me that a T-Rex can't befriend a human. Now, yeah. um, the, the, problem is that the problem here is that there have never been proof that humans and, and dinosaurs existed at the same time. Um, but with that being said, is it possible if they did, could they build a relationship like this? There's nothing that you could say that is, is not true to that. And, I, mm. and that's what I love about this show so much. Um, because there's so much that we don't know, and uh, this is like filling in the blanks for what could have happened, and I think that's just so awesome. I agree. I totally agree. Covering a part of of human mankind history that uh, is unwritten, taking some dramatic liberties, but who's to say that this wasn't all going on at the same time? I love it. And this is a good transition, actually, into the next episode, uh, the relationship between Spear and Fang. At first, obviously, they like go off together, but at first, um, the relationship is not too um, harmonious. And so in the episode River of Snakes, uh, we see them both hunting for food and Fang always coming up on top and just being like hella greedy and not understanding that <laughs> we both got to eat, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, this This is where if they had leaned into a lighter tone for the show in general this is maybe what it would have looked like my man spear cannot catch a break at first <laughs> he goes several meals without food because fang keeps taking it from under his nose and here's the thing tartakovsky i don't care what you say he's a dog owner i don't i don't know this for certain but he is a dog owner because listen if my dog was the size of fang this would be the same situation i would make a plate of food and the dog would just pummel me and eat the food like that's how my relationship with the dog sometimes (laughs) tiny dogs do that anyway exactly exactly. you're so right uh but the whole relation to throughout the show it's it's man and dog like that's what i read the entire time (laughs) That's so funny. It's so true. It really, uh, Fang is like a dog, even the way it like curls up around the fire and like plops down. It's such dog behavior. And I can't believe I'm only just now noticing it. I really love it. I love the relationship between these two because it does start, like you said, Evan, the trauma bonding really brings them together. But in this episode of River of Snakes, we, we realize like they're not going to get together perfectly. Like it's not just all sunshine mm-hmm. and rainbows right away. Like this is real life. Everybody's hungry out here. O'Rear is right. This whole show is about food and eating and hunger. And that's so funny because it's called Primal. And that's just the, oh, it's. It's a show about survival. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Okay. Um, w- what happens here at the end of the River of Snakes? How, how do the, the two become more in lockstep? They're united by a common enemy. So they're at odds for most of the episode, fighting with each other where spear almost takes up his spear and is ready to go at it with fang and i think they do fight for a little bit but 
they find themselves in some murky waters pun intended um <laughs> in a river a river of snakes <laughs> i don't know what else to say it's the title of the episode all right i don't know this but can snakes breathe underwater because these snakes definitely could there are water snakes i know i know that mm-hmm. much um, but can, yeah. they Not all breathe, can they hold their breaths that long i was like man these snakes got gills or something what's going on <laughs> I, I don't actually know whether water snakes can come on land or land snakes can go on water, but I do know that there are snakes in water and it's terrifying. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's the question I have. But again, that's the thing. You can't tell me that there were not snakes that lived on mm. land and in water. You cannot tell me that. Nobody can tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Man, at one point, Fang takes a literal chomp out of a snake and the snakes like it has to like fend off like it's not dead but it's bleeding and there's i was like oh my god this is so gory and i was like this is what life was like back then though it was <laughs> survival of the fittest it's really good at like immersing you in like the kill or be killed mentality mm-hmm. this episode stands out to me because i almost feel like i could have done without it but i think that is a credit to the care that they take with the pacing of the story because they end episode one with the two walking off to the sunset just uniting as a team and you'd almost expect them to episode two jump into them kicking ass together right away but this whole episode is is about them like deepening that bond uh and and showing you all the the trials and tribulations that they have to go through to become this pair that's in lockstep mm. i was gonna say that this is maybe the weakest of all the episodes, in my opinion. But I think you yeah. have a good point that it it serves a good purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I think that's um, I'm going off page here, off to a non animated project. I cover Star Wars shows on my podcast, and with the Book of Boba Fett, there was a lot of episodes where mm. people would be like, "Oh, this is so boring." I'm like, "But you don't know what this is setting up. Like, you don't know. Like, this is building relationships. This is building backstory. Like, you don't know how it's going to pay off, so you can't judge the show yet." Did it pay off the way I wanted? No. But uh, <laughs> this is a situation where it does pay off, I think, because it further builds that relationship and it makes us mm-hmm. care about these two characters so much more. I agree. It, it shows that it's a real relationship. I think that's the best way to put it. It's realistic. They're both hungry and they're not going to always agree, but uh, they eventually come together and realize. And you know what? I think that's part of what I really like about Spears' whole journey is like, to me, the difference between animals and human is like tools and so he has the spear and maybe this is not as much a tool but like strength in numbers like they realize they're stronger together than without each other and that's like where i'm like ah signs of first intelligent life like i love that sort of thing and it's really evident to me and i just think it's so well done throughout the show because it really is a show not tell because there's no dialogue. They can't tell you any of this. They have to show it all through actions, facial expressions, flashbacks, have you. Um, And it's just, it's impressive the way they do it. That being said, I do want to move on to the next episode because this is the one that got me hooked where I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, this is amazing. The next one is called a cold death. Um, O'Rear, why don't you set the uh, beginning of the episode for us? Yeah, well, it's interesting because there's no real build up to how they get here, what the time jump is or, you know, but but they're suddenly in a cold environment and they come across a mammoth. Right. And 
this is uh and is that they, we see like a herd of mammoths and like the older or weaker mammoth starts to struggle behind and this, this is was when they, so sad it was very to sad. see that mammoth i was like mm. oh my god and i didn't know where it was going at first sorry to interrupt <laughs> go on no i mean that that's basically it uh but they they end up fighting this mammoth and killing this mammoth and again they, they apply emotions to these animals that you wouldn't necessarily think but again in a show with no dialogue and one human basically you have to like really sympathize with these animals and they do a great job with the mammoths here. So I, I loved all this. Mm-hmm. I will say that as just a general disclaimer, if violence towards animals, even if they are prehistoric Ooh. bothers you in any way, this show may not be for you because it is, it's ruthless. Granted it's all prehistoric animated animals, but you know, they don't hold back. No, they don't hold back at all. If you're like a member of PETA, you probably are not <laughs> listening this far into the podcast because there's so many animal deaths. And what's not nice about it, because death is never nice, is to me, it's not senseless. To me, this is all about like, so this is like the Lion King rated R, like the circle of life, mm-hmm. but more so like in a prehistoric setting. This is the way of nature, survival of the fittest, the food chain. And so it, it serves a purpose, in my opinion, is it's about survivalism and uh, it's not, I mean, it can seem like senseless violence at times, but to me, it, it doesn't feel that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, this one, like just his art style really shone through in this one for me in his ability to make woolly mammoths look terrifying Mm -hmm. like his ability to just the the character designs the art style in this show is so fantastic to look at even like the line thickness on the characters has this like like the thickness will kind of fluctuate so it looks very comic booky like it looks like something you'd read in like a a comic strip you'd read in, in the sunday paper it's beautiful yeah, and, and like the the animation quality because of that, it doesn't have like a very clean cut feel. It looks a little rougher around the edges, which I I don't want to say it looks low budget, but it looks indie. If you're like an animation buff or geek and you just love that stuff, check this out. It's so visually cool to look at. And like you said, a lot of this is like very simplistic. Like there's not a lot of intricacies in the animation but one thing that was like really powerful in this one whenever like we see it with the woolly mammoth when he gets lost and then later on it happens again there's like whole seconds where like you only see the snow you're just seeing the snow flurrying around and it's a very simple like i could i could probably make that and i can't draw a stick figure right um (laughs) but it's a very simple animation but the way they use it and under the setting and with and with the sound as well um, it's terrifying it's, it's disorienting it's terrifying it's so well done it like it is simple but it's well done yeah yeah really good point okay so this episode though it's i i don't even like it's one of those episodes that i was a little confused until the last couple moments where it clicks and it was like oh this is great so he kills this slow old mammoth takes its coat you know he gets warm eats the meat him and uh rex uh, sorry not rex him and uh fang are living the high life they got meat for days and when the pack of mammoths come back and see their fallen comrade 
they go berserk. They go ape shit. And they come seeking revenge on these two. And like Evan said earlier, these woolly mammoths look terrifying. They are so frightening when they roll up on our, our two heroes. Yeah, no, the leader has like a tattoo. <laughs> like that's like. Yeah, uh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the Ray Romano voiced woolly mammoth of your childhood. <laughs> Exactly. could you imagine they get yeah. to the very end of the of the whole like sequence of them raging <laughs> and then it's just ray romano's voice and he's like you gotta give us back the tusk and that was a bad impression but <laughs> i applaud you for trying <laughs> but yeah so um I, I think that's like the most powerful part of this episode for me and we we do get like a sequence here where he's the the wo- the woolly mammoths kind of hunt them down and um, they're fighting, but it does. You mentioned it. They end on this this moment where uh, uh, Spear is originally he's using the tusk to like fight them off, but then he's like, wait a second, I'm just gonna give it to them. And and I feel like there's and it's like- because of his grief he felt for the yeah. woolly mammoth that he killed. We get a flashback of his children and wife dying. And so you see these emotions of guilt is like, he needs the warmth, the food, like it's necessary for his survival. But he, at the same time, he feels bad. He's like, man, I wonder if that woolly mammoth had a family. And of course his family comes back and he's swinging that tusk. He's fighting t- tooth and nail. It looks like they're going to die. And that's what I'm saying is there are points at the show where I was genuinely like, Oh, they're going to die and we're going to follow a new animal slash person, I think. And this was one of them. I was like, oh, they're about to eat it. And the last moment, he just like presents the tusk as a, you know, I, I'm sorry, like here, take the tusk. And they stop raging and they take <laughs> it. It's oh, my God, I can't even tell you another just jaw dropping moment because they just stop and they show a close up of the woolly mammoth's eye and you can just see sadness in it. And how did how did they do that? They didn't tell us. Ray Romano's voice didn't come on and tell us he was sad. <laughs> we just saw it in a close-up of the woolly mammoth's eye. Ooh, sorry. I just and, uh, and again, I think close- that's I think that's when it comes back. Like obviously there's there's the through line that these people lost their children, they built this relationship. But again, it all comes back to food, right? And the reason they lost their family was because of food. The reason this woolly mm-hmm. mammoth lost his elder or whatever was because of food and that's the thing they attach like these human characteristics to these animals and it's like the woolly mammoths understood it wasn't necessarily like oh we're glad we have the tusk let's go on back it's like they got it they got the point they know why like they knew there wasn't yes. any malicious intent you're and they, so right O'Rear. So, yes they no. just wanted the tusk oh evan take finish this episode out it's so good tell us where they go from here uh, I I actually don't recall it. No, not me teeing you up. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I will take it away then. <laughs> yeah, not this. I, I Evan. thought it ends with him pre- presenting the tusk. Stop. Okay, and you missed the best part of it all. So they take it. They're happy they got the tusk, and they go to a woolly mammoth graveyard. There's all these bones everywhere of woolly mammoths, and they set the tusk down, and they all gather around it, and they just start like shaking and. It was so emotional. It, ready for this? It was it was primal. It's just that's <laughs> mm, I loved it. I loved it. It was so good. The presenting of the tusk and them all that's all they wanted was good enough. But then to end on that such somber and real note, mm, chef's kiss. This mm-hmm. slapped. This episode slapped from start to finish. 
I think there is a third character, if you can call it that, that we have to shout out. Because in the absence of dialogue, so much of the mood and tension is set with the music and like the scoring mm. throughout this just uh it, it it's it almost like stresses me out a little bit because like oh, this whole sh- show is basically a like a survival thriller and it's just our protagonist running away from one danger to the next essentially and there are times where you don't know if they're gonna make it yeah. and uh the music aids that yeah, it aids it perfectly. It never steals the show. And it it's always bolstering the scene. This next episode, though, is a very fun one. Terror under the blood. What about Ooh. you? What about this was fun to you? Did you have fun <laughs> when they were about to die via bats? What the hell? I like when I like when Spear has the opportunity to get crafty. He gets a little crafty. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He does. Okay, I love okay. those moments. <laughs> Evan's like, oh yeah, I love when the bats were biting the shit out of them and they were bleeding a ton and they started scratching them and it looked like they were gonna die again. I love that. That was so fun. Mm-hmm. And, and that's this is what I mean by this show escalates, right? It starts with kind of an absurd premise, but it gets it. And this episode this is, yeah. this is so absurd. Like it is like <laughs> um again. I can't tell you that there weren't giant spiders. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there weren't like demons, but um, what do I know? Um, and and I don't know that they worked in tangent with each other. But you can't hey, tell me happened. there wasn't. You yeah. can't tell me there wasn't. Okay, <laughs> this episode it's called Terror Under the Blood Moon, and um, you know we get these ginormous red ravenous bats. They're like the sizes of pterodactyls, and. Mm-hmm. They look like a vampire almost, but they don't turn into like a human-esque Dracula type thing. Um, But man, they are just on the hunt right now under the blood moon. And they are terrifying. They they're scary. They're mm-hmm. like man bat for for Batman fans out there. Like the, rever- uh, the 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 thing that's like half bat, half man. They beat both of our heroes to right? a pulp to a pulp. But there's also like hundreds of them, you know. We're not ragging on on Fang and Spear here. <laughs> They're very much outnumbered. Um, but they get they swiftly deal with with uh Fang and take her to a bat lair, the bat lair, and uh Fang or Spear has to get himself captured so he can go save her. You actually have that backwards, and it's what? where yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it backwards. They capture Spear and Fang. Remember, because Fang at one point is trying to climb up it and it's a mm-hmm. little bit too long of a sequence and it's very jokey. But this is my theory <laughs> on it. You you know the one I'm talking about. That is how the creator pitched it to Cartoon Network and Adult Swim. They were like, oh, look at this <laughs> dinosaur trying to run up this wall. Like, oh, it's going to be like a, a fun cartoon because this is the only funny moment in the entire show. <laughs> well, there's I, no other point designed to make you laugh. I was going to say it was going to be, there's a moment that we skipped over before. There's a poop moment. I thought that might be. Was, uh, <laughs> that is okay. Poop. Poop is always funny. Let's be honest. I'm yeah, not a bit. Sure. I'm not a big poop humor guy, but uh, if it got the show made, then if that's what they had to pitch there'd be poop jokes then fine whatever classic okay okay um so what happens so then yeah and then fang gets is fang a girl i i, I want to get her pronouns correct. Is, i think fang is, is a mother her. 
she her. She's um, yeah. okay. And so Fang gets herself captured, which is clever. She plays dead. She's got mm-hmm. that terrifying roar, man. I, I love Fang, and she's got that terrifying roar, and uh, plays dead, and they carry her up and even the scene of them carrying her is so i don't even know how to describe it you see their tail ends on the skin and it's just so detailed and looks uncomfortable and it's the small things in this show like that where i was really like man i'm glad i i live in the time that i do and i didn't i wasn't back with the dinosaurs <laughs> with the demons and giants yeah and they take him to the giant spider lair. That's one thing. If it was just like the a nest of giant bats, that's terrifying mm-hmm. enough. But no, their leader is a ginormous spider straight out of Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, every yeah. great franchise needs spiders. We get them in Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, uh, <laughs> The Mandalorian. So um, you're yeah. so right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah gotta have some spiders. Big spiders. I'll be honest. When when the spider reveals itself as the villain of the episode, I was like. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I was the same way out because this is our first like huge leap to the absurd where yeah. it's like, whoa, were these creatures around back then? <laughs> but to me, it's like like you said with the second episode, why it's an important transition. This is also an important transition into the much more absurd that we're going to get into yeah. later. The show gets much more high concept in the later episodes which i'm not complaining i'm about, but not complaining yeah but yeah i wasn't <laughs> expecting it though and so to me this is your first dip in the the toe in the pool this is like the oh okay there's there's other creatures here i like it towards the end they end up killing it and then spirit runs and grabs the um the spider web from the mouth of the dead spider to like to rappel, rappel down, down. <laughs> yeah I love when they allude to like, oh, like this at this stage, humans or Neanderthals had an edge because they had tools. And we see some other species like a prehistoric man or like ape or something that don't have it yet. And like those little those little nods to archaeology or whatever. I don't know what the fuck you want to call it, but like. Those little nods to it make the the nerd in me go like, oh, I, I think I it's really called anthropology. That. That's it. Yeah, Betty White taught it on a community <laughs> episode. Um, so yeah, great episode. Like I said, it's dipping our our toe into the pool of oh, there's going to be a lot more crazy shit ahead. And um, why don't we then just get into the next episode because this is one where again you're just like whoa what is going on so this one is called rage of the ape men and is this the first time we see other humans that aren't him slash his family not that the ape men are men but human like we we see uh well we see like some monkeys in terror Mm, under the blood moon um, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We do because they're hiding. That's like yeah. a whole plot B. And I guess that's to introduce this next uh, 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 story here. Um, but why don't we? <laughs> so the ape men are. This is what we're talking about is there's lots of different stages of human evolution, I guess, going on at the moment. And it's funny to think about like that's how survival of the fittest really works. Like, mm-hmm. You never like O'Rear was saying is that's apparently how it was back then, too. That's just not where my mind goes. You think of it in a linear path, like a chain almost. And yeah. that's just not how it is. It's more like a a, a tree 
That's probably why they make them trees. Now that yeah. I'm thinking about that. I want to take this moment to uh, pause real quick and thank the true sponsor of our podcast, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We yeah. know the <laughs> earth is only 5,000 years old. Evolution is just we a gotta theory. Cover it's, both sides. it's a bunch of hogwash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, all right. Yeah, what, so, <laughs> what I, I happens must- in... Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I want to drop this ball on you guys. And I was I was okay. hesitant whether or not I was going to admit this. It's kind of like I'm a little bit ashamed um, because like as far as I know and all the people that I know, I'm the biggest Primal fan. Like I don't know anybody else that has like watched this. Sh- like you guys are the first people I've convinced to watch this. So mm-hmm. it, like I, as far as, I'm at least in like the top 20 biggest Primal fans. <laughs> and this yeah. is what happened to me, okay? And I don't know if you guys did the, any research on the show and the backstory behind it, but there was a point where the show went into hiatus and it was after this episode um, and it was unexplained and there was no reason given or anything. They just stopped showing episodes and people assumed the show was over. And I did not know that until I rewatched the show until this point. So I saw this episode and I thought this was the entire series until this week. There were five episodes I've never seen before. Holy um, shit. So listen, wow. and this and uh, wow. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit in the timeline here, but um the show ends at this point. I think uh Fang has died at the end of this episode. I think that's how the show ends. Okay? Uh and I bought I believe it came out in 2019 is so I, yeah. I'm looking at the dates. You're right. It uh, the second half of the season premiered a whole year later. And here's the crazy part. I'm jumping ahead, but the next episode was that was released. It was on April Fool's Day. The next episode that was released was episode seven, which was the plague episode of 2020. And it was Tartakovsky trolling people during the coronavirus pandemic saying, oh, my God. So so the show comes back. Fong is like magically better. Nobody knows why. Um, uh-huh. and, um, they jump directly into this plague storyline and they're just like, Oh, I guess this is what he's doing now The he got better, but they aired the episodes out of order on purpose just to troll to... people over the coronavirus pandemic. And I knew none of this until this week. Sorry guys. This is like, I'm blown away. It was like, a, it was like, a, <laughs> it was like a surprise because it was like opening Christmas presents. Right. I open, I, I've already opened all my gifts and then it's like, Oh, I have like a whole nother section of gifts over here. I did not know there was another five episodes. Okay. I'm done. And you want to know the best part? Tartakovsky, I read in an interview, did that just for you over here. (laughs) Just I was so thrilled. It's a little treat for you. Well, yeah, no, okay, so O'Rear's right. Age, uh, Rage Against the Ape Man, uh, October 12th, 2019. And then Scent of Prey, which is episode six, doesn't come out till October 4th, 2020. But there is a, a footnote here that Plague of Madness premieres April Fool's Day 2020 out of order. And just because uh, the coronavirus was fresh, which that's kind of funny. They're like making a joke about it because look at us now, all these years <laughs> yeah. later, like you jinxed us. Just kidding. <laughs> um, Wow, that's wild. I was really curious why it had the two premiere dates on episode seven. So I'm glad you cleared that up for me, O'Rear. Thank you for the history lesson. Yeah. But I'm so glad that us getting to watch this, that you got more primal in your life. How yeah. fun was that? Yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> like, and again, like, I thought it was like a bonkers way to end this because this episode is absolutely wild, right? They get kidnapped mm-hmm. by these eight people and they're put into a gladiator arena and forced mm-hmm. to fight, which is just, uh, I loved it. I loved every second of this. This, this is yeah. like when it really goes off the rails, but uh, I was all about it. It's probably my favorite episode. Set the scene, the, Evan. But they get abducted by ape men. 
And like O'Rear said, they're thrown into a gladiator arena where they will have to fight. And there's some ritualistic goo that one of the ape men drinks. Not goo. <laughs> Why would you call it goo? Okay, hold on. <laughs> I'm taking over for you. <laughs> you you've lost setting the stage privileges here. <laughs> so they have a ceremonial um, drink. <laughs> God, now I can only call it goo. Okay, it's goo. so it's not a goo. Okay. <laughs> It's some sort of I don't even know what to call it. It it makes them stronger. Um it makes Wikipedia them calls it an an enhancement serum. Yeah, it's steroids. It, it hulks them out. To me, this was I liked this episode, but this had like several plot lines from the Hulk, the whole gladiator uh thing. And then he literally turns into a Hulk when he chug so everyone else mm-hmm. is like sipping the magic goo that makes you rage out. And Spear comes running in to save Fang from the eight men who are going to kill him. And he drinks all the goo. He just downs it all. And I'll be honest. I miss the transition from, I saw him run in and then all of a sudden he was hulked out and I had to go, hold on. So I did like the (laughs) 10 minutes back or 10 seconds back. And I was like, Oh, okay. I see. He drank all the goo and he turns into a monster. I don't even know how to describe this. Oh, Rear, tell me what Hulk is the best comparison I have. What do you have? Well, I, I would like to stop down here again, just briefly, because I want a, a little bit more history lesson on the show for you guys, please. Um, because the cool thing about Tartakovsky, and you see it among Samurai Jack, Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's Lab, there's always Easter eggs teasing the other shows, right? Um, and there was an episode. That, did you guys watch Dexter's Lab? Was that like a big show for you guys? Oh, hell yeah. Because yeah. Um, I, I, I found this out later. I didn't remember it. But once I saw it, I was like, oh, I remember that episode. But there was an episode where Dexter makes a time machine and he brings back uh, a caveman to show him like what it's all about, the future and everything. Oh, my God. And Tell me caveman, it's not Spear. It is Spear. It looks exactly like Spear. <gasps> and... Um, <sighs> Also, and and just to confirm it, like it could be a coincidence and they could just use it for inspiration. But if you watch Adult Swim, they usually have these bumpers before episodes where they um, they kind of like tease or maybe it's just like a random like animated little moment that they have before an episode. But they did have a before an episode of Primal. They had um, it basically reanimated that episode and showed the actual spear in Dexter's laboratory just to kind of reconfirm that it is a crossover. Um, oh my god so there's that but also the reason i bring that up is because there's also theories that the goo that they drink because in samurai jack a coup is shown in many different (gasps) forms and oftentimes like goo so people theorize that he is nodding towards a coup in that moment and it is a coup that turns him into the hulk oh i love that i'm absolutely obsessed with that samurai jack is a low-key all-time animated show in my opinion i I haven't finished season five so we'll have to cover uh, that on the pod we'll get there at some point it's so good and so loving the crossovers as soon as you said the caveman thing with dexter's laboratory i could picture it and i was like oh my god it's man sorry i'm gonna continue to call him that that's what i've been calling him the whole time (laughs) i I love the adventures of man and dinosaur and so (laughs) alternate name of primal that was the working title i heard and so this episode like O'Rear said is crazy because it does end on um i guess a bit of a cliffhanger it really looks like spears fatally injured and yeah yeah well fang is fang sorry i I keep getting (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's okay. That's why man and dinosaur works. You man, don't mix yeah, them up. That's true. Okay, so uh, Fang is mortally wounded, though, and it's not like every other episode where it's, I guess, self-contained. Like, you know, Fang won't get up, and so mm-hmm. man's got to make a, a little uh, uh, carrier thing and carry him, and that's what gets them into the whole next episode where it's really just... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Before we move on, though, I think one... The Hulk comparison is apropos. The whole time I was watching this episode, I was like, someone get this man a Hulk animated series. Yeah. I love super stylized character designs, which I feel like a lot of more like adult oriented cartoons aren't so stylized. Like you see more of that in a Dexter's lab. You see it on Cartoon Network, but I feel just his character designs are so great. And this episode, the action, the fight scenes when he's hulking out are fucking crazy. He punches the face off of one of the eight men. <laughs> he does. Like literally, you see skin separating from the skull and like the skin flies up, but the skull stays in place. And I was like, Holy fucking. This is I don't know, chef's kiss. It's fantastic. This it's podcast gory. is it's rated brutal. R today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. No, and and this is I can see why you would think this would be the endo rear. It does have finale vibes. If I hadn't scoped out it was 10 episodes before I started, I I could have easily been like, was that the end? Um, but the next episode gets into scent of prey and it's all about um spear healing fang and like taking care of like they are on the defensive. That's mm-hmm. ah, it's one of the things I love about this show is we get them at such different ranges. That's why it feels so slice of life. We get them fighting with each other. We get them on top of the world, working with each other. We get them saving each other, being buddies. And then this one, they are like really down and out. They are like down bad in this episode. I, was, I, I want to jump back real quick and just say that I, eventually I'm going to get a tattoo of this ape with the Triceratops skull on. Um, that, oh, is, that is like one of yeah. my favorite uh, visuals from this show. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, and I also wanted to, to mention it's it's wild that they had a mini tournament before the big one where they had yeah. all the apes come in and they only <laughs> wanted the best ape to fight Fang. So I thought that was really cool. Someone had a bye to the final round. <laughs> he, he was that big and bad they were like okay we need to figure out who's number two yeah, yeah. Uh, that is yeah. funny so scent of prey they spend on the run as you said <laughs> uh i don't know this one it's a nice pause in the the constant crazy action gore and action but you know that's what i come to watch this stuff for like <laughs> It's not filler, but you know, it kind of is. <laughs> I could have done without this episode. It's also, not my in favorite. this one, there's a giant wild pack of dogs. It says on mm. Wikipedia, I thought they were kind of wolves, but like, once again, lots of uh, creatures in this world all at once. It's mm. a very muddled timeline. <laughs> they never address it, but I don't care if that makes any yeah. sense. Like, I say the more, the merrier. The more that I yeah. have to see Spear and Fang fight off. I am into it at this point where when I started the show, I might not have been, but they work their way gradually into the more and more insane, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. I think it's really well done. And and I like how they did it. 
Um, and this next episode is going to be probably the one where if you haven't watched the show, you're like, what is going on <laughs> in this show? Because um, it's called Plague of Madness. And as Michael O'Rear greatly pointed out, they released it April Fool's Day of 2020, you know, a mere couple weeks after the world shuts down. And it's all about an infectious disease um, <laughs> infecting <laughs> all the dinosaurs and making them go crazy someone take over hold on yeah no it's just uh it's absolutely bonkers uh again this is just like Why april fool's day it's so mean sorry <laughs> that's a on. mean thing it's so mean like there's not there's no way to justify that decision and the fact that they let him do it is just wild looking um, back on it people will be like man that's in poor taste <laughs> I mean, even now it's a poor taste. Like, um, I know I shouldn't be laughing. I'm bad. I I laugh when things are like that. Okay, I'm sorry. Please continue, O'Rear. You were doing the better work. Um. Yeah. I mean, we kind of see. I mean, there's just so many gross sequences here. We get we get like uh, I don't know what you call the dinosaurs with long necks. I'll call them giraffes if you don't know. Um. But this guy, he gets like infected, that. and he's like vomiting blood into like ponds <laughs> and like. Oh, so and when gross. he did that, I instantly go, "Oh my god, he's going to infect every single one of those bronchiosauruses that are around him." He literally vomits several gallons of blood into, and it turns them green. And I'll be honest. They were basically zombies. Yeah, they were zombies. zombies. Yeah, Yeah, it turned them into zombies. (laughs) And just remember, I at this point watching it this week, I don't know how the show ends. So I see him vomiting in this pond. I was like, oh my god, Fang is going to drink out of this and turn into a zombie. Like I was the same thing. I was convinced that was happening too. Like as a a part of the healing process, they take him to the river and he starts drinking all the bloody water. Oh, my God. Okay, this was wild. This like really perked me up, if that makes sense. I was very much like, oh, whoa. Oh, oh." after the lull of an episode last time, I was like, oh, okay, we got zombies now. We got issues. Yeah. I'll be honest, this one, I I checked out a little bit. I was like, what the fuck is going on now? There's a a giant zombie dinosaur running around. It was uh, brutal, though, and it chases them through like a volcano. And -hmm. it's funny because they're walking almost like it's like a don't break the ice situation. They're walking really tenderly. And once this dinosaur finally breaks through from being stuck in this cavern, it just bull in a china shops and destroys this whole thing. And luckily, Spear and Fang are freaking equipped at lava surfing and make it back onto <laughs> land. But like I, another moment where I was like, they're done. They're done. Yeah. I don't see how they make it out of here. I, I will say this is another episode that's great with their facial expressions because there's one moment where they're hiding from this dinosaur and like they like peer over the cliff and like just their faces, even Fang is like of like concern <laughs> and worry and like should we go now and like uh, yeah mm-hmm. I love I love all this yeah yeah good episode but I definitely understand why you checked out Evan <laughs> um, but I will say as we get to these last three episodes. They're very strong, in my opinion. They end on a bang. It really goes one, two, three. And it was like, holy shit. And I was glad I actually watched all three of them this morning. And so I was glad I did. I watched them together, I guess, if that makes sense. And I didn't uh, break them up. Uh, Let's get into the next one. After our zombie outbreak, you know, they cure it. They get rid of all the zombies with lava. 
as naturally you you would do with a zombie outbreak. Just lead them to the closest volcano, have them fall in, they will all burn, and your zombie problem is no more. And then, you know, you go on to the next problem, which in this case is uh, the Coven of the Damned. As if uh, ape gladiators and uh, zombie <laughs> dinosaurs weren't enough, we get witches now. So Witches! But I'll be honest, I really loved this episode. This was a really strong episode, in my opinion. The witch thing, uh, at first I was like, I had to once again be like, okay, I'm suspending a little disbelief. I don't know there was witches back in those cave people times, but I also don't know there wasn't witches back in cave people times. Exactly. So, that's, what I'm <laughs> that's what I'm looking for, Alex. <laughs> so I suspend my disbelief. I go, you know what? It could, it could be true. And so these witches, okay, let's try to describe this ceremony. They capture men and they have a giant priestess God who rides in on a pterodactyl. Mm-hmm. turns into the beast from over the garden wall and yeah. turns man into a baby for the witches. Do I have that right? Yeah, that's, uh, I, I think so. Yeah. It's pretty spot on. It was um, brutal. The aging process, the man like withered away into just dust and bones and like out popped a baby yeah. and they gave mm-hmm. it to the witch and the witch looked so happy and they just went about life. And this beast priestess pterodactyl rider takes off and they have pretty cool and strong magic. I'll give them that. The witches had a, a lot of versatile magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say, this is the first time since, I guess, the mammoth um, that somebody like actually sympathizes with the, our our mm. protagonist here. Um, we yeah. get this is very like Samurai Jack. Like, there's a lot of like magic and like weird stuff going on here. But this witch is able to like see into their past and see the trauma they experience. And we also see into the witch's past, where the witch had lost a daughter of her own, and she is very much relating with these two. And uh, yeah, and that's that's kind of where we get this. Uh, this bonding between them. I don't want to overshadow her magic where she like peers into these two's memories. Mm-hmm. Cause I was really confused at first. She like draws a little green, green circle on the ground, picks up the circle, holds and it, into at, it and then jumps into it. And she is in their memories. You and I don't, me of? what you ever watch chalk. So, <laughs> Yes, I was, gonna, I was hoping you were going to say that. Yes, it is very Chalk Zone. Great, great callback. Great callback. The portal is so Chalk Zone. And so <laughs> she jumps into the memories and she gets to see our, our great mama dinosaur lose her babies. And then she realizes, oh, my God, man was there, too. And because, oh, oh, well, important part I skipped over is the witches capture man and they're going to do their next ceremony on him and they have mind controlled Fang. So Fang is just under their spell and this curious little witch, you know, curiosity killed the cat. This curious witch, it goes and looks in their memories and sees the trauma they've had and sees the trauma bond they've had. I think that was important too, is she really noticed that spear was at Fang's tragic event. And that's what Mm -hmm. prompted her to go into his memories and see, uh, his tragic event too. It was a really good episode because this is one of the more emotional driven episodes. 
I, I want to do another callback here. Um, the the hypnotizing of Fang very much reminds me of the poster I have behind me, Temple of Doom, when they hypnotize oh, uh, Indiana yeah. Jones. Uh, it does. So, uh, that's like a terrifying thing. Like the one person that can help you in this situation has been like completely turned over to the other side, which is uh, terrifying. Yeah, yeah your Good muscle. Callback. Yeah. So, so this is, again, I, I, I love when they have other groups of primitive human because mm-hmm. it, it just makes me wonder, like, like when I first saw the man that was being sacrificed at the beginning and this society of witches, they both kind of like the the one man they're sacrificing looks a little more evolved. He has facial hair, long hair, whereas these witches are kind of like you know, a little decrepit. Like, yeah, they're yeah, like gremlins. Gray skinned and lumpy. Yeah. But it, it just like pulls me more into the world of, of Spear. Like, I, I wonder... How often he comes across new other groups of humans or primitive apes or whatever. I don't know. It's just a nice touch. I love I love the expansiveness and the ambiguity of the world. You know, it's mm-hmm. geographically That's... ambiguous like Fern Gully. Like <laughs> it's just... me started on where <laughs> Fern Gully. So wait, I really like what you're saying though, in it's it's a gradual process where you think this is just Neanderthal and dinosaurs mm-hmm. and they slowly introduce you to more insane elements. And then by the end of it, you're like, oh, I need to see what else is in this world. This is not what I expected to be going on. And it's yeah. it's really well done. And I, I like that they didn't just drop it all on us at the start of it. I like that it's a more gradual process because it keeps you on your toes and you really don't know what to expect. Yeah. Any final thoughts on that? Yeah, let's fin- yeah. Fin- we got to finish the witches because, um, she also has trauma. The witch has shared trauma. She lost her daughter, so she gets a baby from the ritual, and the the daughter grows up and mm. falls off a cliff while playing. Terrible location <laughs> to have a park, and so. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to cough. It's a terrible location for a park. I hope that joke landed. Okay. And <laughs> she loses the baby, her child. And so she feels for man and dinosaur. She feels yeah. deeply of their trauma. And so as she's drawing with the green powder goo on his chest, all the markings, which I love all the symbols and markings because it really is like, you said, Evan, oh, there's whole other societies here. Like they've been doing things for a while. If there's, they have magic and drawings and language and they definitely mm-hmm. had a language. They talk to each other. And um, this is our first introduction to that. There is any sort of actual language in this world so far, other than man and dinosaur screaming and growling and grunting at each other. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I don't have too much else to say on this episode. Um, All right. But uh yeah, I, I, this was one of my one of my favorites. We, I also want to touch on. Um, I guess they they end up escaping, and then I, I guess they they kill this witch to help them escape, and then mm-hmm. we see her in the afterlife reuniting mm-hmm. with her daughter. Which yeah, she sacrificed it. herself. It's nice. She's reunited. Yeah, they're in like it, a it's a great episode. Field. Yeah, great episode. Kind of reminded <laughs> remind me of the the like imaginary sequences in Luco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can picture what you're saying. You're just going to reference every podcast we've ever had before. Yeah, and, and, go check out those podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. We're in our final two episodes. So our penultimate episode, The Night Feeder. So I will say this episode, I had 
a lot of high praise for and a lot of compliments, the ending might not have stuck for me. But we'll we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Let's let's start with the beginning of it. So, um, Spear and Fang they find themselves. Uh, they are in the woods like i don't even know they're not doing anything exciting they're like traveling probably hunting looking for food and mm-hmm. there is this like extremely fast dinosaur creature we don't know what it is it reminds me of el chupacabra you know it's like a myth yeah. and it just runs and it tears <laughs> things apart and this thing is destructive like i don't even know so uh, how uh, oh how would you describe this mystery creature in episode nine the night feeder it's almost like it's not even a physical creature. Like, especially mm. after the COVID episode, again, uh, first <laughs> time watching it this week, I-, I was thinking, is this like a spirit of some sort? Because the way that it moves, it's so quick and it like shreds through trees. And it's like, it's like, it's so terrifying. I'll be honest, this episode, I'm, it's might be my least favorite episode. And I think for the reasons you're going <gasps> to mention later, uh, based on just how it ends, I don't think it wraps up too well, but uh, yeah, it's, it's very terrifying. It's the jaws thing, right? The jaw, like the less yes. you see this, this uh, evil creature, the more terrifying it is. And I think I they told- built it up. Well, I just don't think it played out as much as I had wanted it to. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, this episode almost feels out of place this late in the game for me. I, I feel like, this kind of self-contained story where they have like a singular foe slash challenge feels more, it feels more like the early episodes where it's like, we've seen some crazy shit in the last couple episodes. I don't know why they decided to peel it back for this one. Well, I felt like this was going in the direction of like super crazy because Mm -hmm. this creature was not only fast, nimble, but like it had a shredding radius that was tearing down huge trees. It was tearing creatures like in half. It was so destructive that I was like, oh, this is I'm not kidding, guys. There was a point where um, the episode like fades to black. And I was like, oh, this is going to be the big bad for the last episode. I was like, they're not going to show us what it is in episode nine. And so they really built this up beautifully. And it was great. And then I guess we can just get to the end because we're all kind of beating around it. They like they smoke it out by learning it hates fire. And mm-hmm. when they finally kill it, it's just like a regular dinosaur. Like <laughs> <laughs> it looked no different than Fang, except maybe it was invisible. I, I still can't tell what fully was going on in this one. I might have and to go back and rewatch. That's that was <laughs> so, the problem yeah. is the it was almost it was way too much build up and almost zero payoff. I, I I'm telling you before they flushed it out with fire, I thought mm. it was about to end and the whole episode 10 was them going to be hunting this big bad fast beast and that was not what happened. It ended up just being like a regular old dinosaur that they killed with a fiery <laughs> spear. Like it had some really cool sequences and animations but like it was so hype and they have this oh my god to speak of the music they have this part where it's like a heartbeat and they're scared as shit and they're like and it's like oh my god i'm nervous now like where's this thing gonna attack from when's it coming is it coming and it just ended up being like such a letdown that was the (laughs) one like it was it like you said it was scarier than it actually like probably should have been uh-huh it almost felt too easy like i know he was scary like up to, but like i didn't truly feel the threat and then again like uh like you said it's just uh 
It's just another dinosaur. <laughs> like, it was. It really was. I wish I was appalled. I'm not going to be honest. I was once again jaw agape for, for the wrong reasons. Yeah, it almost makes me wonder if, like, because it's so built up, it almost makes me wonder, like, um, I, like, um. There, you can look up and I don't know what they're called, but when you're like pitching an animated show, you give like these not necessarily storyboards, but it's more like consecutive storyboards to the, like the point that it's almost animated. Um, you can mm-hmm. find those, and there's a lot of like kind of like deleted scenes and deleted creatures in that. Um, it makes me wonder what changed here because it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like this was supposed to be the thing. Yeah, like Evan said, it almost feels out of place this episode. Like this could have been in the first half of the season. And it would have fit. But like I said, I loved the buildup to it. Like that was so exciting. It was so enticing. The heartbeat in the music was intense. I loved all of that. It was just a bummer that it was like, oh, is this a regular old invisible dinosaur? Like (laughs) what? Yeah. So that takes us into the final episode of season one of the season is there going to be a season two i, I feel like there has I, to be and i didn't know that till this episode there is one coming this year apparently yes oh yes. that's uh, so exciting i didn't know i thought this would end and it would be a self-contained season a la over the garden wall that's kind of what yeah. i've been comparing this to like a like a passion project like a one and done season but no this ends uh, this ends on such a great note um mm-hmm. okay while they're fishing in the ocean it starts off they stumble upon a cave woman who has a giant wooden collar and like metal handcuffs yeah Yeah. and once again you're just like what there's more people in societies out here like where Mm -hmm. did she come from and she's bald and she's got a tattoo of a scorpion on the back of her head and the episode is called Slave of the Scorpion. Oh, this do you guys think this is maybe one of the best episodes? I really love this episode. Um I was really taken aback and I I think um what I find so fascinating about this because like you said there are like it's kind of eye opening to the fact that there are like again i mentioned neanderthals and humans there are slight differences but more or less they're the same and i think this is the example of spear being the neanderthal and uh mira being the human right yeah and what i think is that and here's my here's my theory going into season two before we get there i had to put it in stone um because there are like a lot of conspiracy theories in general that like because um there are fossils of dinosaurs that have been found more shallow in the earth than others which lead us to believe that not all dinosaurs died in the asteroid or whatever your theory is. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that being said, I guess my theory is here, Spear and Fang live on a like skull island type island where they are preserved from like the stuff that went on around because Mira seems like she comes from more of like a colonial type period. Yes. You get like the chains, like she's on like this big ship that has come from like, uh, you know, like like, uh, they mentioned she's a slave, right? That's like a very modern concept and, and in terms of humanity, right? She has dialogue too. She speaks. She has a name. This is important as they're eating. She, he's eating just a cooked raw meat. And she like cooks like a soup, a stew. We love a good stew. And she's more civilized and she has a name. She goes Mira and he doesn't understand. I love that he doesn't even respond. 
if that makes sense. Like he doesn't, mm-hmm. that means nothing to him. Yeah. He's never once introduced himself. He's never once thought I am blank. You know what I mean? He doesn't think I am spear. I am man, whatever his name have you. But yeah. Mira does. Mira's at a different step. And it's so interesting to see these two interact because I'll be honest, they got some chemistry, these two, <laughs> not to uh, ship <laughs> prematurely. But so she shows up and we just get to see kind of the differences between them. And one thing she does that's really interesting is she prays to the moon every night. And she does like the, these hand motions and she bows and. I just love this from episode one to episode 10. What an amazing journey we've been on. Like we're slowly getting introduced to like this much larger world than we really thought was going on. Mm -hmm. It could be a skull Island situation. It could just be this whole made up fantasy world that he's made up. And maybe there's much more civilized things and there's not. And it just depends on where you are on in this planet. And so to me, this like opened the door. If that makes any sense, like I'm excited for season two and I want them to bring everything on. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let's talk. Let's get back to the episode. <laughs> yeah, um, we see a lot of th- another thing that she does that's different is she cooks, which I thought this was a really fun sequence where she's trying to like, like, listen, you don't have to just eat all this meat raw. Like you can yeah. like gather <laughs> like and, and again, it goes back to like the hunter gatherer thing. Like he's the hunter and she's like out there gathering berries and roots and she's like look we can make a stew we don't have to be barbarians like, get some here. get some fiber in that time. Yeah. your poops must be so painful he ain't about it at all he literally spits the food out um <laughs> while we're on the topic of food since we have been the whole time i um was watching a couple episodes last night and i ordered wings from Wingstop, and like as i took the first bite while i'm watching primal i was like did i do this subconsciously have i been watching them like yeah have i been watching them just eat meat and munch on each other and things and i was just like i gotta do the same but then i got to like episode seven and i was like uh now i'm not about it anymore (laughs) i want a soup yeah yeah now i want a soup um but i thought that was really funny i was eating the wings and i took i literally took one bite and i was like did i do this subconsciously (laughs) that's funny but yeah i feel like there's so much mystery surrounding mira and i and again Mm. i feel like there is a season two coming we'll get a lot of those answers question but from like the tattoo on her head that's like a scorpion and obviously she's trying to like show a picture in the dirt of like what happened to her and uh do you think he understood his the storyboard she mapped out in the dirt she was like, I was here. I think he understood. I think she couldn't speak yeah. to him. Oh, I just right. love that. She was like, I got to communicate somehow with this dude. And mm-hmm. oh, man, there was so many strong things in this episode. And this episode didn't even it wasn't like action packed the whole time. She does get kidnapped mm-hmm. by ape men and he goes and saves her. And there is action. And he does what I like to call his signature move where he takes a boulder and he breaks someone's leg. He's done it several times throughout the season. Those are and- the most brutal <laughs> scenes when, when you see a knee buckle backwards. Yeah. It's so brutal with a boulder. Yeah. He takes a boulder and breaks something's leg, and move. you instantly go, "Oh, my leg!" <laughs> and um, just so like the SpongeBob it, guy, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so this is just such a strong end, like capping off a great season, but also opening the door for so much more to happen in the yeah. future. I'm curious if this came out 
or if a season two was announced around when this came out do you know I, I actually again I, I feel so out of the loop like my entire world was mm. flipped upside down when i saw we had five more episodes so i i have no idea at what point they knew there was going to be a season two yeah i would i'd be curious to find out just because i i think it's such like a badass move as a showrunner like you don't know if they're if you're gonna okay, get yeah. picked up for a season two and so you're just like let me give you this bomb ass cliffhanger yeah. It was announced before the second batch of five episodes officially premiered okay. that they would oh, have God. a season two. And, and yeah, again, she gets kidnapped here, and she the the thing that we're we we're lingering on here is his fi- his first word, Mira, which is yes. like that is so powerful. Like, oh but wow, wait, I was like chills. Can we not undercut the boat that takes Mira off? What a modern ass boat, dude. We've been hanging out with dinosaurs. What's going on? It looked like a Viking ship. Like it had uh, paddles and wood. And I was shook. I that honestly, his first word was was pretty, you know, shocking. But the ship really shook me. I was like, whoa, what time period are we in? And this is what makes me think it could be some samurai jack where he's just like, all time periods exist at the same time type <laughs> deal. And like I'm into it. I, I loved it. I really thought this episode, start, the ending of the season, it was a great way to end it. But like, I'm, I I need more now. And I think that's what you need mm-hmm. in a season finale is you want to pay homage to everything we just went through. But you also have to leave the door open for what's next to come. Yeah, this show is such a steady escalation all the way throughout where, you know, the the pitch that we gave at the beginning of the episode is just a man and his buddy dinosaur. <laughs> and now, now we're talking about zombies witches and witches and eight and men, foreign boats. Yeah. It's um, great. It's great. Okay. I do feel like we we've gotten to a good point here where I have a really important question for O'Rear. I can't believe I've waited this long to ask. Mm-hmm. Do you think spear could be an Avenger? <laughs> um that's the question because that's what we're left on it's like what when is this existing i don't think it's out of the question that this is even modern times you know like um, when he was jumping from bat to bat i was like oh he might be better than hawkeye (laughs) he's better than hawkeye for (laughs) sure (laughs) this man in his spear So I, I was watching it and I was like, damn, I could see him taking out the Chitari, just jumping uh-huh. from ship to ship, nailing yeah. them with his spear through his dome. He's ruthless, dude. He's, and he's so a, he's a combination of like uh, of the Hulk and Hawkeye. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, 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 I can totally see it. I loved how Hulkish he was. He was like stocky and and like compared to Mm -hmm. the other people, it wasn't just how they drew all the humans here. He was buff, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, listen, I am so happy that you guys um, decided to watch this for me. Um, I know I am, too. This yeah. is uh, uh, this is again my, one of my favorite animated projects, and um, just a joy to talk about it with you both. So yeah, no, no, no. We got a couple more things here. I want to um, get into closing thoughts, and then I'll give you guys a little premature warning. On Michael's podcast, they usually do a recommendation at the end, so I figure in honor of uh, Stark Wars, we'll give recommendations uh, to the viewers at the end here. But let's do our closing thoughts on Primal. Does uh, do either of you two want to start? Uh, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll go first just because uh, I'll probably be the shortest. Uh, <laughs> this is a show that is very good. Uh, but due to <laughs> End the, of statement. Just kidding. <laughs> due to the lack of dialogue, it does require a lot of attention. I was I was watching while I worked today. So, you know, I, didn't, I, I missed a lot of the finer touches, but it's definitely worth watching and it's definitely worth rewatching. I'm going to go back and watch some of those episodes that I didn't pick up details on. Uh, if you like action or really in-depth genre stuff like fantasy sci-fi it's like it's all there um the art is i i can't praise the art enough gendy tartakovsky chef's kiss this is a fantastic piece of art it's visually one of my favorite things i've watched um 2d animation wise in a a long time so Mm -hmm. give it a watch it's it's very 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 good Mm -hmm. i'll go and we'll let uh michael have the finale here I couldn't agree more. This was a show, like I said, I I got more and more excited about it in stages from first hearing about it to hearing a little bit more about it to watching the first couple episodes to get into the middle to the end. And my excitement just kept building time and time again. And like Evan said, this is definitely one of the best animated projects I've ever seen. It's clear how much thought, time, and just lo- tender love and care was put into this. And it really shows in every episode, and I can't recommend it enough. You know, like Evan said, it does require some attention. It's not really something you want to put on while you're uh, on Twitter or whatever. You really want to give it your attention. But if you do, you know, it's a really touching story with some brutal elements to it, and it'll surprise you along the way multiple times. So uh, 10 out of 10, in my opinion. Yeah, I would also uh, follow that up with uh, 10 out of 10. I think that, again, I mentioned the one weaker episode, but um, I like that they're willing to take those swings. Like, again, they're not afraid to do some bonkers stuff here. Um, and if you're if you're one of the if you're one of the 2D WC fans here that that listen to any podcast, despite spoilers Ooh. or anything, you're here at this point. You haven't watched the show. You're still listening. I think they that's exist. so cool. But I will say if you're if you're not sold on the show. Just look up the ape gladiator scene mm. and just just watch that because that was my favorite <laughs> moment from the from the show. I think it's just so cool. Like there, it is very emotional, but more so than anything, like a lot of the things that I look for. And this is like I'm a big. I mentioned Kong Skull Island already, um, but that is like one of my favorite movies. I know a lot of people don't love it, but my thing is like it's just so much fun. Even mm-hmm. if you ignore like a lot of the emotional elements, I just think the show is so fun and creative and pushes the bounds of what you're expecting. And yeah. that's what I love in a show. And um, maybe it doesn't revolutionize how we look at the world, but um, it's just such a fun watch. It's so fun. And that's, that's all I look for. And if that's something you're interested in, you got to watch Primal. Totally agree. Totally agree. And this was a great podcast. I really feel like we got the essence of it. We were nitty gritty. This was great. Um, <laughs> like I said, I think uh, if we don't have any more thoughts, I want to move on to recommendations. I came prepared, so sorry I put you guys on the spot. So I'll go first. My recommendation is if you are into Primal, you may like a little anime called Dr. Stone. Dr. Stone, it, it, for more or less is everyone gets f- turned into stone and like 5,000 years in the future, they get some of them start to break out um, of stone. And it's really just the young people and they start building a new civilization. And this really smart kid starts, you know, building a bunch of stuff. But what I really like about this anime is all the science is a hundred percent accurate. 
and they like will explain to you what he's doing and it's mm-hmm. like completely 100% like real life accurate which i love and so it's really interesting and there was times i was watching this where i was like oh man i wish i had a dr stone uh explaining to me what was going on scientifically but uh it it gave me similar vibes of of uh, a primal world if you will where can you find it oh it would be on crunchyroll and probably hulu as well all right cool cool michael i think it's a funimation up your sleeves yeah, I feel like I got to go animation here. I'm on the I'm on the animation podcast, and I'm going to stick with Tartakovsky. This is one of the projects mm. we did not mention that he's done, and it's actually my second favorite behind. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say it's my favorite uh, in front of Primal. Um, it is his the original iteration of Star Wars: The Clone Wars before oh. we get the 3D version. Oh, Tartakovsky, yeah. I did, forgot that series. It I did is too. So good. Listen, and it's like. It's some of the best general, like, uh, it's some of the best Mace Windu content you'll get. It's some of the best General Grievous content you'll get. It's some of the best Yoda content you'll get. Like, it's all wrapped in. It's like, it's exploring these characters from the prequels. And again, it's not like shaking the bounds of the Star Wars universe, but it's mm-hmm. showing us like really cool things that these characters can do. And uh, it's it's just so awesome. And I highly recommend people check out Tartakovsky's Clone Wars. Um, it's actually again um, very short, kind of like this one. It, it, you can, I, I think, I guess it is on uh, Disney Plus now. It used to be on YouTube. I think it is. Yeah, yeah but uh, uh, so watch it on Disney Plus. But at the time, it was like yeah, it's like a short movie, really, and the episodes are even shorter than Primal. Mm-hmm. So um, there's two seasons of that. Uh, it's so good. If you're a Star Wars fan, it's like uh, I, re- I recommend this series over like most of the movies. So uh, there you have it. I'll have to revisit that. Uh, I'm going to buck the trend and go with something live action, actually. But it is another Adult Swim uh, show that I just can't get enough of. If you watched Primal and you're like, oh, that was really intense. I just need something mellow and soothing to watch. I cannot recommend enough Joe Para Talks with you. Joe Para is a stand-up comedian who's known for his mild demeanor and slow, soothing uh, cadence. He plays like a a choir teacher in Northern Michigan Mm -hmm. and each episode, he just, he just talks to you about different themes about the simple pleasures (laughs) in life. Like you've been trying to get me to watch this for a while or yeah. Taking a drive in the fall and there's three seasons out. I think season three just uh, was added to HBO max. So you can catch it there. It it starts out pretty episodic, but then the, the story gets, you know, there's overarching Mm-hmm. Uh, themes in season two and three and it's honestly one of the funniest most enjoyable and heartwarming and moving things i've watched in the past year or two so can't recommend that enough joe paratox with you hbo max slash adult swim all right good stuff um Aurea, before we wrap up here why don't you tell everyone about stark wars you i think we mentioned it a lot on this podcast you, you've been on twice <laughs> this month basically we talked about you with naomi <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I host a podcast called Stark Wars. Um, we cover we, we we started the podcast to cover Marvel and Star Wars TV shows because we're kind of like in the thick of the big renaissance of Disney Plus series. And uh, so, yeah, everything from uh, WandaVision to the Book of Boba Fett, to Loki, you know, all, all your favorite TV shows. We also cover the movies. Um, so uh, if that's something you're interested in, you can find us Stark Wars podcast on any 
podcast platform. Uh, I also like to tell people just uh, even if you're not going to listen to the podcast, just go follow us on Instagram at Stark Wars Pod because we love to talk to people. I, I'd love to hear your feedback on this podcast in particular. Um, so I like to connect with people. So if that's if that's something you're into doing, um, yeah, hit me up. And uh, yeah, but again, guys, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for coming. And I'm mm-hmm. so glad you got us to finally watch this because hundred percent worth it. I'm, I'm mad. I didn't watch it sooner. I love that. You got to watch more of it too. Like I, what yeah. a joy that brings me that you had watched five episodes and you were like, Oh my God, there's five more. That's like <laughs> kid on Christmas morning. That's like yeah. the kid who, you know, is <laughs> uh, opening up the Nintendo and he screams. He's like, ah! <laughs> yeah i i felt i i did almost didn't want to admit it because it was embarrassing because again i want to like no it's so exciting myself as like a big primal fan but i missed half the series we're, but we're listen, glad gonna, to be a part of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna revive that instagram chat when uh we start getting trailers for season two and uh, yes. i will be not uh, be back again, back on, yeah so. you will be back <laughs> you're a resident primal expert all right well thank you coming <laughs> O'Rear. uh evan why don't you uh finish this out here yeah uh if you have any thoughts on primal or any of the shows or movies we've covered before follow us on instagram at two dudes watch cartoons or tweet us at two dudes watch if you want to write us fan mail if you want to write us hate mail uh email us at two dudes watch cartoons at gmail.com and make sure to follow and subscribe the podcast wherever you got get your podcasts apple podcasts i'm saying podcasts a lot and spotify <laughs> uh and thanks for coming on michael oh oh shit i think we dropped him alex alex you have a text message from alex Rizard. would you like me to read it two dudes will return in march <laughs>